May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So on March 22nd of last year, um, I gave my first sermon in the, uh, in the pandemic, uh, staring into a camera with nobody there. Um, and here I am today. And I said that the only thing I was sure of right at that moment was that we would get through this pandemic. Maybe not today and probably not the next week, but we would get through it together. We have lost beloved community members and, and we grieve those losses, but we have stayed together, calling on each other and checking in through Zoom get-togethers, morning and evening prayers, and caring for those in our community who are in need by donating food. We're making sure that nobody in our neighborhood is going hungry, preparing breakfast for those experiencing homelessness, and the sewers among us making hundreds of masks to keep others safe. But we've also found during this last year in our isolation that, that the church is each one of us. The work of the church went on, feeding the hungry, caring for the sick, and reaching out to those in need even as we stayed apart and the doors stayed closed. According to the prophet Jeremiah, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. During this long, long year, God was within us and with us each and every day. And here we are a year later. I'm still giving a sermon into a camera but we also gather together on the labyrinth, wearing our masks and staying compassionately apart. And many of us will soon be able to venture out uh, as more of us receive our vaccinations and we begin living into our new normal, whatever that is going to look like. It's been a year of many changes for all of us, wherever we are on this journey called life. It's also been a hard year in our country in, in so many ways and for so many. It's been a year of social unrest, an election cycle that left us bruised and battered, so much grief and loneliness and loss for so many. And just this week, We've seen religiously sanctioned bigotry toward our gay and lesbian siblings and the senseless and hate-filled murders of women of Asian descent in Atlanta. And again, we grieve. And so I wonder if this past year has left us also asking the same question as the Greeks in today's gospel. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. 
We don't know why the Greeks wanted to see Jesus, but I'm not sure it really matters. What matters is that for us, this year has highlighted our wish, our need to see or experience Jesus. Apparently, this sentence is written inside some pulpits to remind preachers of what and who their focus should be on. And that's all very well and good. But it seems to me that this sentence should also be inscribed on our pews or today on our folding chairs for all of us to always be reminded of why. Why we come to this cathedral and why we join services online. Sure, we wish to see Jesus. It's a simple request, but do we really? And which Jesus is it that we want to see? The healer? The comforter? The troublemaker? Or have we become so comfortable with our own version of who Jesus is or who we want him to be that we really, really don't want to see who he is, to really see how he lived, to see what he taught us, to see what he showed us, to see how he's calling us to live and to really see how he died horribly and painfully on a cross. But unwavering in his message of universal grace and love, declaring for all times his solidarity with the oppressed, the abandoned, the accused, the prisoner. Do we really see that, Jesus? Next week is Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week, when we will see the collision of the kingdom of God versus the kingdoms of the world. And the world will fight it all the way to the cross. Many of us are confused and troubled by the present state of things in the church and the world. And it, and it really seems at times like the kingdoms of this world, well, they're winning. But maybe, just maybe, that's a good place to start this Holy Week. Our lack of certainty leaving us ready to listen, to really listen to the voice of God the thunder heard by the bystanders in today's gospel and to really see Jesus, the Jesus who loved and loved to the very end. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. We are called to follow this Jesus, loving others as we are so loved so very easy and so incredibly hard to do. But that's all that Jesus asks of each one of us and of the church. Called to walk this path to the cross, 
taking on and bearing witness to the pain and suffering this world we live in. And then taking up the cross, living with and loving one another as we are called to do. But always knowing that the path won't always be easy or straightforward and, and at times it will break our hearts. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Even though we may not always even be sure of who it is we are looking for. But in the end, what we begin to realize is that even while we are looking to find and see Jesus, he has already gathered us up with gathered us up with him, loving and loving and loving us exactly for who we are. Whatever the color of our skin, our ethnicity, our religion, our sexual identity, exactly for who we are. And no one can take that love away. Not the state, not a church, or anyone else. It's ours. It's been a long, hard year, but this is the last Sunday in Lent, and Easter is coming. We believe in a God who gives life. We believe in joy in the morning. Presiding Bishop Michael Carey reminds us that the journey is always a struggle but the movement is always forward. And he adds, now, if you ask me why, I'll answer, I don't know. But as Frederick Douglass put it, if there's no struggle, there is no progress. And perhaps the struggles this year has brought progress of a sort, a resurgence of hope and gratitude, a little bit of humility and self-knowledge that we would have remained that would have remained buried under our everyday busyness. And the world became a little bit quieter. And in that quietude, maybe we've come to see God just a little bit clearer. I hope so. The prophet Jeremiah promises that God's law of love will be written on our hearts. And that is our hope and our prayer this fifth Sunday in Lent. We love because he loved us first. Ready or not, here he is, drawing us to him, gathering us all up and loving us, you and me, everyone, everywhere. Amen. Let us say the Nicene Creed together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end.
We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.